return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Uh, look at your neighbor's Bible. Look if it looks. Look at it. Look if it looks used. Amen. This book is supposed to be read and used. You can underline in it. You can star things, put in dates, uh, uh, kind of uh, all kinds of stuff. Amen. Should turn to him. Say you should use it. <laughs> Study the word. Amen. All right. Say with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I will never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And we welcome those joining us Facebook Live as well today. God bless you for uh, tuning into the service. Not by accident that you tune in. But uh, God is working here and around the world, whatever country you're living in or ministering in or whatever, we just bless you in the name of Jesus. If you're just tuning in and you're just wondering about Christianity, I just want to tell you, God is good and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, for your life, my life, our lives, because he loves us so much. And he already paid the price for sin, so now all we have to do is receive him as our Savior. It's not complicated, amen. So uh, the Lord is so good. All right. So this morning, I want to talk uh, again some on gender identity in Christ. Uh, we all have we all have identities, right? We all have uh, some probably a, a, a passport, a driver's license, things like that. I guess as you get older, you have all those things. But uh, uh, it tells you who you are. It tells your nationality. It tells your your uh, male or female. Your gender. It tells you your birth date, family name, has a de- identification number has all of those things. You have fingerprints. Your fingerprints are specific to you. That, that's why uh, it's important. God didn't make two of you. He made one of you. And your life is, is special to him. He's called you. He's, he's reached out to love you. He loves people. And we have to understand this is for everybody. So it's not like, oh, he loves the Christians. No, he loves everybody in the planet. Christ died for humanity. Christ died for people. And he wants to reach people with his love. He's got a great plan for people. Amen. So uh, uh, we all have a DNA. We all have genes. Uh, Genesis 1, 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God created, uh, created he them, him. And male and female, he created them. So God created man. Now we're in his image. So we're to resemble the image of God. We're to resemble his character. Now, Old Testament, of course, that was impossible, but New Testament, now with Christ, we can have the Holy Spirit in us. And so he can help us to live like he wants us to live. Amen? And, and uh, uh, we're to resemble that image, male and female. So when Adam sinned, the image of God from them, 
they lost that image, all right? They lost, it was stolen. He stole their birthright, so to speak. And so man from that time on has struggled. And humanity has always done what they've imagined to do. So you can look in the Bible from way back when to today, societies and different things have done all kinds of things. Now, there's nothing new today. So the fact that today we have uh, a homosexual movement or other things, that's nothing new. Those things always happen throughout the Bible. Uh, but, but because of our sin, now we can do whatever we've imagined to do. But because we're tainted, then usually those are bad things, right? So people try to fill their lives with all kinds of stuff, all kinds of substitutes to make them whole, to make them happy. Because without Christ, we have this void inside of us, right? So, so people try to fill that void. Now, Jesus came to bring restoration. So he came to restore that spiritual DNA to us. So that when we are born from above by the Holy Spirit, we now again take on the DNA of God. It doesn't mean we're, we're automatically changed like that. But, but we're forgiven, and now we can begin the change process to walk in his image. That's why it's so important. That's why we emphasize, of course, the Bible and all that. But, but uh, it's why we em- emphasize those things, because it's by the word we know who we are. If I don't have the Bible, I have no idea. I don't have no, any idea who I, want, who I am. I was raised in a denomination where we never read the Bible. So, so we could go to church, and we could have a form of godliness... But never any power, never any transformation. It was just, it was just religion. It was kind of like uh, we're playing a game to make us feel good, but yet I was still lost. And I tried to fill my life with a lot of things. But only Jesus, only Jesus can change us, all right? So the devil to the world comes to try to steal spiritual identity. Now everybody has physical identity, all right? That's, that's who you are. But he comes to steal our spiritual identity. And how does he do that? You can write down three things. He does that through ignorance, lies, and deception. So spiritual, it's a spiritual identity theft. We're very conscious to guard our identity like from other theft, financially and so forth like that, to guard our social security number or bank accounts or things like that. But spiritually, spiritually, we don't want to lose our identity in the things of the world. So, if you don't know the Bible, then you become ignorant. If you don't know the Bible, you can't recognize truth. Right? So, so if you don't know those things. If you don't know the Bible, we fall easily into deception. Because as we think in our minds, so are we. So, pretty soon we kind of think whatever feels good is okay. And uh, we're religious, but not right with God. So spiritual identity theft is huge. John 10.10, 10, the thief comes, the thief is the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So Jesus came, of course, to restore that identity and give us an abundant life. Amen? So, so from the very beginning, the devil, back in the garden, talked to Eve and Adam about who they were and began to lie to them. And begin to say, well, has God said? So the devil will always bring up lots of questions. And the devil loves bringing confusion. 
Even if you're listening, if you feel confused about who you are, I just want to assure you, you can know who you are. And the answers are not complicated, all right? We have answers in a book called the Bible, but that is a good book. See, everything gets a bad name. People say, the Bible this, and people, Christians hate this, this group and that group and so forth. Well, I got news for you. The real Christians don't. Real Christians love people. Real Christians care about people that are around them, all right? So we're not here ever to cast stones. All of us have had an old life. All of us have had old ways before. All of us have been forgiven of various things in our life. So why would, why would you want to go around? It's, it's, hard, it's always hard for me when I see ministers that are harsh, angry, and pronouncing judgment. That's always hard. Because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that he still loves this world. Okay, he hasn't, he hasn't decided, oh, I shouldn't have sent Jesus. No, he still loves this world through Jesus Christ. He still loves people. That has not changed. Okay, so when you feel upset about a situation or whatever, you're, you and I are the ones that should change. All right? We should change our thinking to fit in a biblical manner. So the devil gets people to question. Genesis 3, we have the, this place where the, where the devil said, has God said that? And so he twists things. So, so you can take, anybody can take a scripture out of context and you can build maybe a whole doctrine on it, but you don't want to do that. You want to take scripture in context. And if it says something here, then it should be confirmed other places in the Bible. So you want it context. So, so of course, uh, Genesis 3, 1. The three, yeah, it says, it says, as God said, and then, and then, of course, that it says here, you know, in that day, if you eat, the, your eyes will be open, you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So the devil comes to lie and he gives false promises. You know, kind of like, if you do this, you'll really be happy. If you do walk through this, you'll, do, you'll be happy. You'll be happier if you do this. So we get all kinds of things that get amplified in our minds and in our society that aren't in agreement with the Bible, and yet people can think they're perfectly normal. If you look at one another, you think, well, this is, this is, this is normal. So, so John 8, 44 says that, that the devil is a liar. So Jesus identified him. Actually, he pointed to religious people, and he said, you are of your father, the devil, which is a very profound, hard-hitting statement, all right? The desires your father you want to do... He was a murderer, doesn't stand in the truth, there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own. He is a liar and the father of it. So the devil loves to lie to us and get us to think things that are not accurate. Now remember, a good, a good uh, true-false question is a question, if it's, if it's false, most of it looks true except for something in it. And so the enemy, if you don't know... If you don't know scripture, then it's easy for us to get swayed. There are many people today, even in pulpits in this country, talking about God and so forth. But their God includes everything that might be vile or unclean under the name that, well, God loves you and you can do whatever you want. You're free to do what you want. You are free to do what you want. You're free to do anything you want. However, you have to understand there are always consequences. Consequences to actions. Everybody has consequences, right? 
So consequences to action. So in Genesis 1.27 again, he made them male and female. So he made two genders. Right? So people, people all of a sudden start getting flipped out on all these things. No, it's just, it's just simple scripture. God created male and female. All right? So he gives us, the Bible gives us standards, simple standards, not complicated, simple standards that we can live by. Right? Now, the world, the world wants to criticize those standards. The world wants to criticize things and say, you Christians, you're just too rigid and so forth, and, and you're harsh and you're mean and so forth. And it's like, everybody has standards. We've said this now. Every, everything in the world has standards. International Institute of Weights and Measures in France has standards worldwide that are the same that everybody applies to their life. Anything. Whether it's, whether it's how far a kilometer is, the metric system, how much a liter is, it's uniform worldwide. Now, nobody questions that because it really doesn't matter to the devil. But the devil doesn't like truth. Now, remember, he didn't live in truth, didn't want to have truth. All he lived in, what he was, was a lie. He's a liar. He's in darkness. So anything that is truth, that's what the devil will attack. And that is why there are accusations against who? Against Christians, against the Bible, against churches, because they just simply believe truth. So we have to understand that the Bible standards, like the world standards are fixed, the Bible standards are fixed. I can't come and change the Bible to fit my life or my lifestyle. Can't do that. No, no, I'm the one who has to change. So before, when I was a sinner, lived in an immoral lifestyle, doing immoral things in the world and so forth, it's not like, oh, this Bible just lines up with my lifestyle. No, it doesn't. So I felt conviction. Now, what's, what's going to happen? Either, either I'm going to get rid of the Bible, or I'm going to allow myself to change, or God to change me. God is in the business of changing people. He does it worldwide in every nation, every continent. He's, he's changing people to what? To his image. The image of God is an image of righteousness and holiness and so forth. It's also just an image of male and female. It's not an image of, of 10, 12, 15 genders. It's not an image of that. It's just the simplicity of the image of male and female, right? Second Corinthians or Second Timothy, excuse me, three sixteen says that Scripture is inspired, but the Scripture is good for us. It helps us for what we believe in doctrine, but reproof and correction. Why? Because I need reproof and correction. We all need it because left to ourselves, we're going to find the ditch someplace. We're gonna we're gonna go the wrong direction. So we all need reproof and correction. That is good. A lot of Christians even, you know, if they, people don't like correction. Oh, I don't like that. I'll just go some other place. So they don't like it. But it's good for us. Reproof and correction, instruction in how we should live our lives. So if I yield myself to what the scripture says, then I find myself in a blessed way. Otherwise, if I get away from the Bible, and there's, Christians have done this, get away from the Bible, pretty soon they imagine other stuff and just say, you know, I can do what I want. God will forgive me. I've got grace. 
but not true. He does give grace, but not so that we can continue in sin. He gives grace so that we can overcome sin, so that we can walk in his image. If you're married, he wants you to have a long marriage. <laughs> if you're going to get married someday, he wants you to look at, like, at it like something good. It's something good, right? It's not a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing. It's a blessed thing. So he comes and he brings these standards to us. And there's many other standards. You don't add to the word. You don't take away from the word and so forth. But Hebrews 13 and verse 8 and 9 then says that Jesus is the same. Now, Jesus doesn't change. So, so people want to change the Bible. Denominations have changed the Bible. All kinds of people change the Bible. But folks, it really it doesn't change. And it really admonishes us. Don't take away. Don't add to it. Just take it face value for what it says. And so, don't be carried about with various and strange doctrines. So, God doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. Therefore, we should be stable. Now, in a politically correct world, moral standards constantly change. So this is the political correctness of the world. Moral standards, you know, pretty soon, they, everything's, there, there are no standards. Remember in college, of course, the hippie days and so forth, and they would have a book and it said, the book said, I'm okay, you're okay. Basically, you can do whatever you want, there are no standards. And all those things, see, for years and years, decades have been changing, getting into people's heads. There are no standards. There's no repercussions. I can, I can have life, whatever I want to do. And you, God gave you a choice. You can do that if you want to. Just understand, if we sow seeds to the flesh, that's what we will reap. It's just law. You are going to reap, you're going to harvest the things you plant. So if you plant seeds, fleshly seeds of all the things of the world, that's the thing you're going to harvest. So it's, 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 it's just simple. It's not complicated again. There are, there are simple things in the Bible that he doesn't want us to try to say, well, that's too simple. I can't do that. So No, no, no. It's not too simple. It's good. Simple. Say simple is good. Because it helps us to understand something. He doesn't want you to have a theology degree to figure it all out why it's not good. Oh, boy. 2 Corinthians 11 just says, Paul said, Now I fear, lest by any means the serpent beguiled Eve. Okay, craftiness. It says, so your minds. Notice it's your minds. That's where the enemy works, is in our minds, in our thoughts. I think this. I think that. I imagine this. And remember, even back to the Tower of Babel, they, that once they imagined all these things, God says, there's nothing they can't do. They can do anything because they imagine it. They think it. Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can do it. So Walt Disney would think about rides and other stuff in his park and so forth. But, but we, can, we have to be careful because the devil will try to work in our minds and corrupt us from the simplicity that is in Christ. Say simplicity. It's easy enough for a child to understand, not complicated. All right? So, what happens if we make it complicated? Someone might come and preach another Jesus. Someone might come and, and present a different spirit, a different Holy Spirit. Someone might come with a different gospel. So, People can come and say, you know, I'm a minister of the gospel, too, and I've got a seminary degree, and 
And I understand a whole lot more, and I've, I've got my uh, doctor divinity and so forth, and now all of a sudden they're sharing things that are departing from basic Scripture. That is why whole denominations have gone away from the Bible. Because all of a sudden now there's another Jesus, there's another gospel, it's a different spirit. And I've had ministers tell me to my face, they say, Dave, you can't believe the book here. There's other books where we as Christians would say, no, there is the inspired word of God, which is the Bible. We're not bringing in three, four, five other books. This is the book. All right. Now, people can debate this. They can decide, I don't believe that. You don't have to believe it. But it's still true. People said to my face, I don't believe what you're saying. Okay. You don't have to. But you will reap what you sow in your life. I just want to say this. It's very tough to have peace in your mind when you're outside the bounds of Scripture. So, people, what do we have in our world today? Mental health issues and suicide and so forth. Well, you're not going to solve that with pills. You're not going to solve that with somehow some other uh, moral thinking. No, that only happens through Jesus Christ. See, real peace comes from the Prince of Peace. And his name is Jesus. Doesn't come through something else. So, so people get corrupted from this and pretty soon they're doing all kinds of other things. People twist the scripture. They twist it to make it say what they want it to say. And you can do that. People try to do that. They say, oh, no, I think, I think we're just free. I think we're free to drink alcohol. I think we're just free to have sex. They can make it say, say what they want to say, but it, they won't have peace. Because it's outside the bounds of Scripture. 2 Corinthians 1, 2 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 12, you know, Paul said that the testimony of our conscience, that we conducted ourselves in the world in simplicity and godly sincerity. That's conducted. That's how, they, that's how they live their life. Simplicity and godly sincerity. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying I understand everything. But in the light of the scripture that we have, we want to walk. And we want to walk in simplicity and godly sincerity. People today would say that gender identity is a very complicated subject. And I would say, no. If we focus on the truth of the Bible, it can be simple. Everything is complicated if you debate outside the realms of Scripture. Everything's complicated. And everybody has an opinion. And to them, their opinion is just as valid as yours. But if I just simply stay with the Scripture, then, then it's not my opinion, but it's God's opinion. And again, people can say, I don't believe that. You don't have to. You're going to make your choices. But I do want to say this. Lies are loud. You should write it down. Lies are loud and confusing. All right? In other words, in the world today, we've got people, they're shouting because why? You've got a small group of people trumpeting their lifestyle. Truth, on the other hand, truth, on the other hand, is quiet, peaceful, and simple. Like Elijah, all the things that happened around the cave, and then pretty soon the still, small voice came and spoke to him. Without the anchor of God's word, we naturally drift to the imagination of our own heart. So the anchor of God's word, and any of us now, any of us can, can move away from the Lord. Okay? Ministers have fallen away. Ministers have 
done things, you know, divorce and all kinds of stuff. So we have to have the anchor of God's word. The anchor of God's word keeps me tethered to truth. So if my mind is thinking things and so forth, and pretty soon I'm anchored like, oh yeah, don't do that. Don't think that way. So if we're anchored to the word, we won't drift. If we're not anchored, the imagination of our heart will cause things to drift. Give an example, Judges 21. Now, the whole book of Judges deals with a, with a nation <clears throat> where everybody did what was right in their own heart. And so they constantly, okay, in those days there was no king. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. So they were constantly, they do well, and then they go backwards. They do well, and then they go backwards. So they were doing what, in their minds, hey, this is, this is good. But civilized life is impossible if everybody gets their own way. Why? Because you're going to have chaos. <laughs> everybody's fighting. Everybody's arguing. I, your way isn't my way. And I want this. And I want that. So what happens is you have a breakdown of civilization. And rather than society being civil, it becomes chaotic. And then the people who win are the people who shout the loudest. The people who march in the streets and so forth. And they're the ones that are going to win at all costs. And you can win, but not be right. You can win, not have peace. You can win, and still you got that void in your heart. You could come across, boy, we did it today. And you go to bed at night sleeping like, my life is still a mess. And it is still a mess. Any life without Jesus Christ is messy. All right. Not that we're perfect with him, but at least he helps to organize us to help us grow. Hallelujah. In the Lord. So if we do what's right in our own eyes, there is chaos in society. So the devil wants to attack the image of God by getting people to alter that image. I'm going to change the way I was born. Romans 1, verse 20, the invisible things of him from creation of the world are clearly seen. All right, Romans 1, let's go back, do I have verse 20 there? There we go. Since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes. Now, understand this. This, this is important because everything that we see points us to a creator. It points us to a God of order. So we're not worshiping the stars, the moon, the sun. We're not worshiping plants. We're not worshiping animals. It points us to who created those. They're understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and God is, so that they are without excuse. God, God is good at getting a hold of people and touching people. Amen? So he made us. He made us male and female. There's biology. Say biology. You can't throw out biology. If you throw out, throw out biology, now you've thrown out a foundation of humanity. All right? You've removed a foundation of humanity that biology no, no longer matters. It no longer pertains to his life. Now, I was a biologist. So I have a biology degree. And I went through all kinds of things. Anatomy and physiology and all those things like that. Biology is a foundation for us. Chromosomes. I went through a class called Genetics. And so we, we studied chromosomes and we understand, understood how things can match different ways. But you have chromosomes. But as a male, you have certain chromosomes. As a female, you have certain chromosomes. Male has XY, female has XX. Biology is good. All right? 
Biology is good. It's not bad. Pretty soon, probably have people marching on biology classes. We've got to change this and that. But even there's an evolutionist who's a biologist named Richard Dawkins. And there was a woman who wrote books called J.K. Rollins. And she was attacked ruthlessly by the LBGT community because she would not say, she said there's two genders. And ruthlessly attacked, and she's a terrible person. I don't know her as a person. But even Jake, even, even uh, the evolutionist Richard Dawkins comes, who doesn't believe in God. But he's an evolutionary biologist and said, look, 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 she's right. There are two sexes, two genders. And people are going, ah, ah, I'm saying that to say it's not complicated. We make things complicated. People make things complicated, but it's not complicated. If we throw out biology, now I don't have a standard for hardly anything anymore in the natural because we've thrown that out. Verse, verse 21 of, of Romans 1 says that, that they glorified, didn't glorify God, but became vain in their imaginations. All right? Right? Became futile in their thoughts, vain in their imaginations, their foolish hearts were darkened. So professing, we're, we're wise, we're enlightened, we know more than you, professing that, and yet the reality was, is they were becoming fools. So all, all aspects of, of genderism and different things in the society, but the one sad thing for transgender is that biology has changed. All right? Biology, which was fixed, has now changed, and it's changed forever. So if you take a young person, and five years later they say, no, I, I want to be this again, too late. Because why? You surgically changed that person's body. And there is not a way back. Okay? Not a way back in any way, shape, or form. Nerves are cut. Things are removed. There's no way back. You can still come. You can still live for Jesus. Of course that. You know, it's hard enough when I think of what people want to do in schools. Listen close now. Don't turn me off if you're up here. Don't turn me off. People could come in schools and they want to promote things. And yet most teenagers, they hardly know what their favorite food is. And their friends could change next week. And their ideas of a career have no idea. And yet people want them to make a decision that is a lifelong, permanent decision. Understand what I'm saying? Somebody says, you know, well, my, my little boy dressed up like a, like a little girl. Oh, must be a girl. Well, the next week the little boy's jumping off a of bed and says, I'm a bird. Must be a bird. The next week the boy's running and runs. I'm a cheetah. Must be a cheetah. That quick change, right. Every week a different thing. Whoa, we got all kinds of things going on here. They're kids. They're kids. Kids think all kinds of things. Right? Kids aren't, kids aren't born, I'm mature, I understand all these things. They're not that way. They're, just, they're in life. They're just having fun. Right? Having fun. They're doing things. We shouldn't come around then and say, oh, you're this, you're this, and then pressure people and make decisions. Don't turn that off. Make decisions that would permanently scar somebody. And here's the thing. People say, oh, these kids, by the way you treat them, they're scarred. No, you're scarring them. 
teachers, educators, people, you are the ones scarring young people because you're pushing them in ways they don't know where they're going. Don't say that the church is doing it. The church isn't doing that. We're certainly not doing that. Don't push people in directions that five years from now, they might want to go a different direction. I understand. People have their choices. People can do what they want. I do understand that. But a teenager's brain is still developing. I think we can agree with that, right? It's not like they're mature and they understand things and I'm going to go to college, I'll do this and I'll do this. and They don't understand it at all. I mean, that's why there's simple laws, simple laws on the book, say the state of South Dakota, simple laws that you can't get a, get a piercing in your body unless you're 18. Or your parents have to agree with it. Why? They're young, right? You can't get a tattoo on your body unless you're 18. You can't do it legally. cannot get a tattoo unless you're 18 or your parents are signing that away. I just tell people, there's nothing wrong with a tattoo. I just want to tell them, it's permanent. <laughs> right? Tattoo your girlfriend, probably a bad idea. Because Susie Lou, whatever, might change in two years. All right? Otherwise, you've got to find another Susie Lou to marry or something, you know? You know, you've got to understand there's repercussions to things. Right? We understand that. So I, I tell young people, you want to get a tattoo? You can't. Just know it's permanent. Whatever you do, you've got it for the rest of your life. Not coming off your body. Decisions we make, children, children, these are children, teenagers are children. It's impossible for them to foresee 10 years down the road. They don't have that capacity. Their brain isn't developed. A lot of adults don't have that capacity. <laughs> Wish they did. To foresee an action, a choice they're making. What is, what is the ramifications 10 years from now? I think we need to look beyond today and my feelings today. I just want to feel good. Yeah, I think God wants you to feel good. There's a way to feel good. In a proper way. There's a way to have peace. But we can't make up things and then push things on people as if this is, this is, this is what they want. Don't tell them what they don't want. It's like, are you kidding and the sad thing is, people most of the time think they know way more than a parent. Sad. Parents, you should be involved with your kids, by the way. If your kids are still young, you should be involved with your kids. You should be talking to them around the table. What are you studying in school? Hopefully they're studying in school things like math, you know, science, English, learning things. Rather than, rather than this, the school is not a place for agendas. It's not. It's not a place for agendas. School is a place to learn the basics, reading, writing, arithmetic, things like that. People think, oh, that's pretty simple. No, that's pretty good. Now, again, will young people have all kinds of questions of life? Of course they do. Yeah, they're young. That's why, that's why Proverbs says, a child left to himself shall call his, cause his mother shame. Why? You help steer a child. You know? Help steer them. You don't... You don't Put them down or criticize. It just helps steer them so that they can form their own opinions that can be good opinions. Good thinking. Amen. So in verse 23 here of Romans, they changed the things of God and they made it to another image. So there's an image. Okay. So, so uh, 
this is where, of course, people get the things like the furries. They're like an animal. They want, they, they're really not a person, they're a cat. Or birds. Or I'm jumping off the bed, I can fly! I guess you couldn't. Uh, creeping things and so forth. And God gave them up. So notice God gave them. He allowed them. People, people say, why would a good God, a just God, send people to hell? He doesn't. He'll allow people to go there, but it was never made for people. He'll allow people to make choices they want to make because he gave you a will. But that's not his will. So he allowed them to go into uncleanness and lust, dishonor their bodies and so forth. He allowed that. He allowed they exchange the truth, the word of God for lies. You'll be happier if you do this. No, you won't. They worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So they changed the things. And of course, furries are people that identify with animals. But you have therians, that people that feel like they're trapped in their own human body, but they're some other species. But what happens is logic and reason gets canceled. Just normal logic. You know, here's, here's biology 101. No, no, that's not true. No, that's wrong. You get normal logic and reason which tells me something about who I am, biology, right? It's replaced with the emotion and uh, the lack of objectivity of the world, all right? People left to construct their own realities. I just want to say, if you're left to construct your own reality, you're probably not going to do well. (laughs) Probably not going to do well. There's no end to what people will try to do to make themselves happy, okay? So we've had, we've had all kinds of things with drugs, experimental drugs, of course, from the hippie times and alcohol and free sex and so forth, make love, not war. And then you, you have the homosexual movement and, and you have the transgender movement. You have all these things with the furries and all that. But there's no end to what people will try to do to be happy. Because why? Because they won't be happy. They'll create something else. There's something else to be happy. There's something else to fulfill me. The sad thing is, is that people feel then, they feel trapped, and they want to end their lives. That's so sad. Because Jesus loves people. Jesus loves you, but he loves everybody watching. Jesus loves you. He cares about you. He's got a good plan for, you, for your life, right? And he wants you to do things that would bring glory to his name. So the issue that we come up with is really, is really a, a heart issue, a heart issue. My, my mind is imagining things and my heart is taking me places that I shouldn't really go. Verse 26 of Romans 1 just says that, that God gave them to vile passions. So he allowed them to go to vile passions. The women changed natural use, uh, uh, have a debased mind, those things which are not proper, filled with all unrighteousness and so forth. So he allowed, allowed people to do what's unnatural, but really is quite natural. Verse 32, this is in the Amplified. It says, they're fully aware of God's judgment, people doing this. But it says, they not only do them themselves, but approve and applaud others who practice them. And in our society today, people that more and more do more outlandish things Schools want to approve them. They want to applaud them. Look at, they're standing up for themselves. When really, it's very sad. 
And so you have people approving and applauding stuff that is only going to cause more and more damage to their lives, thinking that, well, we have to support them and so forth. Now write this down. We all, write this down. We all must control the unholy trinity. There's an unholy trinity. The unholy trinity is three things that everybody has to deal with in their life. And that's food, sex, and money. Everybody, everybody listening, has to deal with food, sex, and money. And this affects everybody in the planet. So, God gave us sex for good things, right? He gave you sexual feelings. That's good. He gave you things that feel really good. That's good. In the confines of a marriage relationship, he gave those things. But everybody is born a sexual being. Two genders, male and female. All right? Everybody has to deal with food. How much you eat, what you eat, the balance you eat. Everybody has to deal with food. Everybody has to deal with money. How you apply money. So these are three areas that the devil wants to affect everybody in this world. Now let me say this. He wants to affect every Christian. Every born-again Christian, the devil wants to affect them in these three areas. Now, people judge homosexuality, transgenderism. Christians judge those things, but then overlook. Overlook the couple who's shacked up together. Who's living together. Having sex outside of a marriage. And one, they trump up as very, very, you know, unacceptable. And the other's like, well, it's okay. The truth is, excuse me, the truth is, of course, sexual immorality, homosexuality, queer, queer mentality, all those things are in the Old and New Testament. And God has something to say about all those things. But I do want to say this. Christians get harsh and mean toward what they vilify. And then they allow other things as okay. Isn't that right? Just, just true. Everybody, well, everybody drinks, Pastor. People drink alcohol. Well, I don't. I got delivered from it. Amen. I know ministers are, champion, we can drink alcohol. Well, you're wrong. Amen. You're just wrong. You're misleading people down a wrong path. Amen. We all have to understand we must deal with food, sex, and money. That never changes till the day you die. All right? So someone can live their whole life and then all of a sudden, whoo, whoa. They're off with another lady. How'd that happen? Someone lived their whole life and they're broke. Nothing to their family. Lived their whole life but poor health because of what they ate. First Corinthians 6. Now, now this, is, this is important that we shine the light in a good way, right? Because, because uh, the devil loves company. So, so the world wants to approve lifestyles that are loose. On the other hand, we should be approving lifestyles that are righteous. The Bible says the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Bold statement. Wow. Now, look, notice what he says. Don't be deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, 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 homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. None of them are going to inherit the kingdom of God. Now, watch this now. All of the people can say, homosexuals, that's just terrible. Sodomites, that's terrible. Well, they're all included around drunkards. They're all included around thieves. They're all included around people covetous, revilers, going against authority. And so they're all included around those things. 
In other words, he's not, he's not putting classes of sin like this sin is really bad and this sin. Folks, in the American church today, there is a huge log in people's eyes. And they want to point fingers at people that, that their lifestyle they don't approve with. On the other hand, they approve other things by not saying anything. Wrong. This is wrong. We want to live in a place. Well, let's read the last bit. Notice, notice what it says. Such were some of you. So he's talking to Christians now who got delivered from fornication, all right, adultery, homosexuality, sodomy, all these things. Got delivered from these things. Such were, past tense, but you're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. I love it. The fact, it doesn't matter where a person's at in their life, there's always a way back. There's always a way back through Jesus Christ. He loves people. He cares about people. Jesus purchased you and I. And I thank God for forgiveness and grace. We minister to a lot of people that are involved in all kinds of things. And we do not come holding stones. We're not here to stone people. We're here to bless people and help people. We're here to minister to people. I was a drunkard once. I was living in morality. I was a person like that. But Christ changed me. Love called my name. And I thought, that's what I need. I was still empty inside. Well, people can go through the woman that had the five husbands. Husband, husband, husband. You can go through all kinds of relationships. I'm really happy now. No, I guess I'm not happy now. I want another one. I'm happy now. I guess I'm not happy now. Peace comes from Jesus. I just want to encourage you, don't make things complicated. Everybody you see, you want to love them with the love of Jesus Christ. Why? Because there for the grace of God go you and I. That we didn't get lost in our imagination or, or continue on the road that was not good. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and, and, or 18 and 20 says to, to flee sexual immorality. What does this mean? What does flee mean? Run away. Anybody can be tempted. What happens when you're tempted? Run. Right? Run. I mean, I mean that's pretty clear. Run from it, all right? So, so then it talks about committing sexual immorality, sins, and so forth. It's just in general, right? It says, don't you know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Now the body is important, biology. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why you should take care of yourself why, right? always, right? It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Take care of yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself physically, all right? Just, just do that. So you're a temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, which is from God. Notice this. It says you're not your own because people want to say, it's my body. I can do what I want. Well, it's not your body. You can do what you want, but it's not your body. God purchased you from the time of conception God, God made a plan for your life, a good plan for your life. For you're ever born, from the time of conception. People can say, well, that was, that was a bad pregnancy. It was a rape or something. He's still got a plan. He's still got a plan for people, everybody. So it says, you were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit because they belong to God. So I want to glorify God with my body and my spirit. So I want to be careful what I'm putting into me, right? In terms of, well, any kinds of stuff, alcohol, drugs, anything. 
So I want to be careful to put the right things in me because my body ultimately belongs to God. People say if you don't support a person's decision to become transgender, they will commit suicide. That's a lie. That's not true. You love, we love everybody. I'm not going to support everything someone does, but I love everybody, right? So depression and self-rejection do not go away. <laughs> All those things that, that accompany gender dysphoria, they don't go away because you have sex change surgery. Uh-uh. They still are there. Why? Because there are issues here in a heart and issues in mind. So you can change someone physically, but those other issues are not going to go away. They're still there. Now write this down, Hebrews 6.19. There is hope in Jesus Christ, and that is where there is hope. Jesus is an anchor for hope, Hebrews 6.19. He is an anchor for hope. Because, listen, we can, don't lose hope. Don't give up. Don't stop believing. Some people say, you know, I, I'm never going to church again because of this or that. No, whatever happened, just go to, go to Jesus. Go to the Word of God. Amen. No place is perfect. Just go to the Word of God. Go to what the Bible says. Hold on to hope in Jesus Christ. That better days can be ahead. Life, you want life to be long, right? So you, want, you keep working through things and so forth. Our life hasn't been easy in a lot of ways, but we're holding on to Jesus, all right? So by the Word of God, we can be free to be the person who, who He created us to be in His image. By the Word of God. He said, I'll never feel normal. Ah, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I believe you can feel normal. I believe you can have a normal life. I believe you can feel at peace with God and yourself. You can, you can feel at peace. Amen? John 8, of course, 31, 32. The truth is what sets us free. It's the Word of God that sets me free. Not my imagination, not what I think, because folks, listen, he's constantly changing me from glory to glory. He's changing me. He's shaping me. He shapes my attitudes. You know, there was a day we'd think, we're going to take a stand against that sin. And now I realize, yeah, I have a stand against that sin, and I love the sinner. I'm going to love people. I'm going to care about people. So when we would go and be on the streets talking to people, Drinking and so forth. We're not out there saying, you're going to die. You're in your sin. No, we're not going to say that at all. We just say, hey, Jesus loves you. Hey, Jesus cares about you. You've got a great plan for your life. That's the message. We minister to gay people. We minister to people that have their thoughts arranged differently in terms of genders and things like that. We minister to those people. We're not beating them over the head. We're trying to help people, amen, to recover themselves out of the snare of the devil amen. so their life can be blessed. Trying to help them, trying to bless them, trying to help them along, give them hope, amen. So write down this text, Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. There's a whole text here and so forth, too long to read here with our time. But, but all the things, we walked in the ways of the Gentiles, and all of us have, we're not perfect, <laughs> So, so your testimony becomes something that can encourage somebody else. You know, I, I, I've been where you're at. I, I, let, me, let me just share how God helped me. Amen? And it comes down to the verses. Let's, let's go down a little farther. We've been alienated, of course, in the life of God. Let's go 19, 20. Let's see here. 
people haven't learned Christ. The truth is in Jesus. Go to 22 and following. It says, you put off. So we make a choice. We, we change your mind. Say, change your mind. You put off the old conduct, the old man, which is corrupt. Well, we've been there. But we're renewed through the scripture. All right, we, by renewed, we start to think right. Turn to your neighbor and say, start to think right. <laughs> now, the only way I can think right is if I have right thoughts, which comes through the Bible. New Testament, all right? Let's say the New Testament. Begin to think right, all right? And then we put on, all right, dressing room of God, we put on a new man, which is according to God's image, according, created according to God. His image, right? We put on the person that God made you to be. His image, the, the moral likeness and identity of Jesus. He's good. He is good to all. His plans for you are good. Everybody watching, his plans for you are good. If you've struggled with your thoughts, if you've struggled with things in your head and so forth, hey, just, just relax. There's a lot of things when people are young, young, normal, but also just relax and just focus on Jesus, okay? The one who loves you, he gave his life for you, he cares for you. He's on your side. Focus on Jesus. Now, when we do that, he can begin to change us in a good way, all right? We can have transformation in a good way, all right? Still male, female, but he created you to be the person who he wants you to be. Folks, the gospel is good. Jesus is good to everybody. Our part, we're in this world to shine for him. Now, don't gloss over the little Christian sins that everybody avoids. No, don't, those, those are just as bad. Remember? Don't gloss over that. Don't make one bigger than another. Because God didn't make it bigger than another. He died for the sins of the world that we might have a life in him, for him, and through him. Amen? It's by his grace that all of us are here or they're listening. It's just by his grace. Thank God. Amen? It's a lot of things. You never want to take on self-righteousness. Like, well, we believe this and... No, 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 take on self-righteousness. Anything I have is through Jesus Christ. Anything I have is because of his grace. The other day I woke up and I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus, I don't drink. Well, I haven't drunk in decades, <laughs> you know. You know, 50, 50 years, you haven't taken a drink of alcohol. But I thought, thank you, Lord, I don't drink. Because I could remember how things are. We lived in homes, alcoholic homes. My dad became an alcoholic after he quit teaching school. Jeannie's parents were alcoholics. We've lived in those atmospheres. We've seen effects in, of decisions in society, decisions that people make and so forth. My brother's all very successful people. All of them divorced. All of them had a rough road. Now know Jesus. You know, the things in life, there are, there are repercussions, but there's recovery. Say recovery. We can go on. We can get better. Hey, who hasn't made a mistake? Okay, well, we're not going to dwell on that. Let's dwell on the answer. The answer is Jesus. He's our hope. He's our hope for tomorrow. Amen. He's our hope for eternity. All right? It's all because of him. So let me pray here. And this is a message you can share online even. Let me pray. Father, I pray for people here, people listening. Jesus, I thank you that you love each person with a great love. Lord, that you gave your life for each of us. That, Lord, we might recover ourselves out of these snares of the devil.
that we might begin to think right. Not in what we, not in what we imagine, but Lord, in what your word says, the Bible, that we can have peace in you, Jesus. Peace. Peace in our mind. Peace in our bodies. Lord, I thank you that you're ministering to people here and online even right now. You're blessing them with your presence and your love and your grace. And I thank you, Lord, for mercy. (laughs) And you're bringing us onward closer and closer to you, Father. I thank you for this, Lord. Thank you for your touch. Lord, I pray for anybody who feels like they're losing hope. Father, comfort their heart even right now by your spirit. Hope, come. Hope in Jesus Christ, come. Not talking about a church, just talking about a relationship. There's hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this transformation of hope that you give to us. Lord, for today, one day at a time. Tomorrow, thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you for helping all of us to grow into your image, to be as you want us to be, Father. Lord, I thank you for your blessing for this. Thank you for your blessing. Blessing everybody here now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 And you can share that. Anybody want to go ahead and share that? Amen. And bless them. All right, let's stand for a second. Just put up a hand a second. Father, I just thank you for your love poured out on people here. That your blessing is upon them. Your grace is upon them. Your face is upon them. Lord, that you are are doing wonderful things in us and through us. Bless them as they go today. Bless them with their families, their friends, and so forth. Thank you that there are lights for you. Thank you. We receive this blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., Also, Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.